This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside Nate Green. Nate, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Jared. How about you? I'm not doing too bad. I'm excited to talk a little bit of baseball. Baseball season is officially back now. You know that, right? Baseball season's oh, back? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pitchers and catchers reported on Wednesday, and, you know, it's been good so far, you know, I'm Hearing a lot of Angels fans complaining, and I absolutely love it. I love hearing all the complaints. So, you know, we'll just keep that going. And I'm honestly not even going to do any introductions today or or anything like that. I just want to go straight into baseball talk because we have so much to talk about. And you guys who listen to the show, you know what to do. Go follow us everywhere. Go all that fun stuff. Go bother Nate on Twitter. You know, you know how that works, all that fun stuff. And Blue Wire, I apologize for not putting in your ad this week, this, this podcast, should I say. It'll have to wait for Monday, but... For now, we'll just let this let it go. We'll let it roll here. We'll see what see how it goes. So, baseball news, and there was a lot of money thrown around this past week, wasn't there, Nate? Yeah, a lot of money thrown around. A lot of big money. Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, I know this isn't Angels related, but when this type of money gets thrown around, I want to talk about it. I I, I live to talk about this. We both live to talk about this. So, Fernando Tatis Jr. signing a big fourteen year three hundred million three hundred ten million dollar deal, if I'm not mistaken. 40. 340, 340, right? 340, it went up to 340. I, I don't know. I've seen like 300, 310. Now you're telling me 340. It's a lot of money, though, any way you go. <laughs> a lot yeah. of money for him. So, And then Trevor Rosenthal and Mitch Moreland signing with the A's earlier, uh, actually later in this week that you know we've talked about. But that's pretty big news because the Angels were rumored to be in on Rosenthal up until the last minute. And the A's, I guess, in a sense, were kind of a mystery team just coming out of nowhere and, and signing him. And now all of a sudden the A's are looking really, really good, aren't they? Yeah, that that could be a, a team who could go and repeat the West. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary there. The West is, you know, it just takes two two signings like this, and I mean you can say that for the Angels too, that it yeah. just takes one or two signings in the bullpen, and all of a sudden they're on not on top of the West because I think the Astros are going to be really freaking good still. You know, even with everything going on that they've done and. Now fans hopefully going to be back in the stands, maybe booing them, maybe not. We'll see how the reactions go there. And I think the Astros are still really freaking good. Regardless of anything, they still have a really good rotation. They're bringing up one of their top prospects in Forrest Whitley this year, and I'm excited to see him. And yeah, you know, the West isn't getting any easier. I know that there's a lot of room, a lot of, 
I guess rumors you can say, that the West is kind of up for grabs. I don't think so. You know, I think that the second spot is still up for grabs. But I think the until otherwise, I think the Astros kind of have it on lock, in my opinion. I know, Nate, you may have something else to say about that. But, you know, that's just my, my two cents on that. And just last little bit of baseball news in general. Minor League announced their start dates. They have, I believe, AAA going back in the middle of April, around opening day, they have double A and single A, and, or the rest of the full seasons going back in the beginning of May, I believe it's May 4th, I don't have the dates up right now, but so we'll see minor league baseball back to some capacity, not sure if fans will be allowed, not sure if reporters will be allowed, not sure if I will be allowed out there, I'm hoping that you know we can get access into the Inland Empire 66ers this year so we can talk to players and have all that fun stuff again but we will have to just wait and see so that's kind of it for baseball news I mean you got anything else baseball related uh Mitch yeah Mitch Moreland with Oakland Rosenthal with Oakland Tatis I think we got it all yeah a couple relievers signed earlier in the week but I mean there's nothing we'll we can actually talk about that later because I me and Nate have discussed that off the record and we'll bring it on the record a little bit later in this show so on to some Angels news, and you know it's not Angels news. It's not baseball season if we're not talking about an Angels pitcher being injured for some strange reason. And again, strange reason is it. Alex Claudio is going to miss two to three weeks with a hip infection, I believe. What do we say here about this? I mean, he only signed for you know two million dollars, but you know this is the this is pro. This is this is typical Angels baseball right here. You know, can't even get to spring training, and a pitcher's already hurt. You know, but looks like he should be ready for opening day, barring any setbacks. I mean, do we really expect Alex Claudio to play that big of a role in the bullpen? Um, if if he if they use him like they used Toby Milner last year, uh, yes. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, that that popped up into my head right as I was asking you that question. Just a nice picture of uh, Hobby Milner, you know, right into my forehead. Just like, oh, yep. There's that situation. Yep, there's that lefty right there. That the the slow throwing lefty that you know, Joe Madden's gonna love, and that's gonna. I would assume that's got to be Alex Claudio's role, right? Just taking over, you know, that that lefty, the slow lefty, funky arm slot. Though, I mean, he's had success in the past. I'll say that, and you know, it backs it up. I, I believe he had the slowest exit velocity in baseball or yeah exit velocity in baseball last year granted I think he had the slowest fastball in baseball last year too so I mean hand in hand that's pretty cool I guess and I'm actually kind of excited to see Alex Claudio because he is the outlier he's the outcast in the Angels bullpen you know not gonna throw hard at all but I think he's gonna have a lot of players batters off their you know off balance and it's going to kind of be fun to see what Claudio can do so on to a little bit more Angels news that was reported this week uh, Taylor Blake or Taylor Blake Ward reported it I guess and Taylor Ward wow I'm getting names mixed up now Taylor Ward is working a little bit behind the plate I know we saw it a little bit in Long Beach last year at the I guess extended spring training area facility in Long Beach um, do we really expect him to get any play time behind the plate not necessarily, maybe early in the year because you're going to have Suzuki working in and he's probably not going to be able to play every day. So maybe he gets a, a game here and there. But it's just nice to have depth. It's nice to have a, a third guy just in case something catastrophic happens. Yeah, because, I mean, I think David Fletcher was the backup to the backup, the emergency catcher, in a sense, uh, in the last couple of years. And 
nothing against David Fletcher. I'd prefer an actual catcher be that guy like Taylor Ward and Matt Theis have both played catcher at a high level before. So I'm totally fine with that. And I saw plenty of Taylor Ward in the minor leagues and he has an absolute cannon. I mean, we could see it throwing across the diamond too. Absolute cannon. So I'm, I'm all good with that. If he can, if he can figure out the other half of catching, which is, you know, framing and blocking and all that stuff, it could really work. So I, I'm, I'm okay with that. And it just adds more versatility. And speaking of the versatility, Matt Theis is going to work at first base, third base and corner outfield spots this year, again, to expand versatility. And again, another nice depth piece there that the angels developed in a sense. I know he hasn't been first round talent, but anytime you can draft somebody and he make the major leagues, it's it is a plus, even though he was a first-rounder and fans might have expected a lot out of him. It, it is what it is, and the versatility that you can get out of Matt Theis is just a plus-plus. So, And finally, I believe Joe Madden came out and said that Max Stassi should be ready for opening day, which is big news because we weren't really sure what to expect. I know there was a lot of, you know, do the Angels go out and get Contreras? Do the Angels go out and get Tyler Flowers? And they end up just signing Suzuki, Kurt Suzuki, and... Now we're hearing Taylor Ward's practicing back there a little bit, and they have Anthony Bimboom. So, yeah, it's kind of good news to see that Stassi might be ready for opening day. Yeah, I think that's going to be a storyline the whole year, though. How many games is Max Stassi going to play? With with a uh, catcher having a hip injury, that's, that's going to be a very tough injury to overcome and be able to play 130 games back there. I, I know that's why they got Suzuki to play, but that's why you see Taylor Ward working back there as well. So, um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting storyline to follow the entire year to see how many games he plays. Yeah, and it's always worrisome when a catcher, any catcher gets hurt like that, the amount of games he's going to be able to play. So, in, in my opinion, you can get away with the lack of offense from behind the plate as long as they're good catchers. And that just brings you back to Jeff Mathis, the GOAT. Of all time. I mean, the fact that he's still playing Major League Baseball and is on a Major League invite from, I believe, the Phillies is an absolute testament to that. It's it's pretty impressive that he's been able to to do that. And yeah, that, that just proves right there that, I mean, it's a plus to get a good hitting catcher, but at the same time, if they can do what their job description says and catch the ball and frame and block and, you know, have a good relationship with the pitchers and are able to make the pitchers work well I think that that is that's the biggest thing in a catcher I don't think I think you can get away with having a bad a bad offensive catcher though having a good offensive catcher isn't a isn't a bad thing either I'd say so no I mean look at the Yankees last year who did they go to in the playoffs they were not starting Gary Sanchez and that's because he could not catch to save his life yeah and I mean you look at that everywhere too I mean you want good defense, and it's a plus if you can get the good offense. And there's certain there are places where you can hide good, good offensive players and such. But I just don't think catcher is that is that position. I think that you really need Mm-mm. a good a good catcher. And coming from two pitchers here too, like I loved a good <laughs> yeah. catcher. Like, yep, it was what it was. But yeah, I, I I loved a good catcher. And now I guess on to the biggest news I guess that's coming out of Angels camp so far. And that's Shohei Otani actually throwing bullpens. Big news, right? Yes, that's huge. To an extent, I mean, 90 miles an hour. He hit up to 90 miles an hour today. We're recording this a little early, so we don't know the full extent yet. I know there's going to be more reports coming out in the coming hours and days on Otani and how he's feeling and everything. But again, there there were reports 
earlier in the week that Joe Madden has seen him up to 95 miles an hour this offseason, which would be huge. And, I, I mean, Shohei Otani is the key to this team at the moment. I know that Jared, you're like Jared, Mike Trout, and Anthony Rendon, and all these other guys, and the starting pitching, but Shohei Otani is the key to this team moving. If he's a starter and he's a decent starter for the Angels, it's it, it, it's like adding Trevor Bauer, basically, in my opinion. I think that Shohei Otani could be better than Trevor Bauer, and look how much you gave Trevor. the Dodgers gave Trevor Bauer. So, I mean, I'm, it, it is what it is and everything, but if you can get, in a perfect world, if you can get 125 to 150 innings out of him on the mound, I don't know if that's even realistic, but if you can get close to that, and then you can get 15 to 20, maybe 25 home runs. I think that's pushing it at 25 home runs out of him. I think that's a perfect season. And I think that's an MVP caliber season out of him too. And I think that if that happens, the Angels are a playoff team. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I would be. I would have no problem saying Shohei Otani will have a better year than Trevor Bauer. That's bold. That's a bold move. That That is bold, but uh, we, we can be bold on this show, right? We, we like our Angels. We like Otani. Uh, I, I think he does have a better better year when it comes uh, to the end of the year. I, I'm not going to disagree with you there. and I, I mean, I think that Trevor Bauer is going to throw more innings for the Dodgers. And, I mean, oh, absolutely. Also knowing the Dodgers, though, he they may limit his innings in a sense. But, I don't know, Trevor Bauer is so, I don't know if this is the right word, bold-headed, I guess, that he's going to get his way. You know, like, that was the big thing that he talked about is, how can I help the team and how can the team help me? And I think that that was the dialogue him and the Dodgers had to have had was I want to throw this many innings. Like, don't take me out. I don't care about the third time through the order. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. Like leave me out there because I know I can get guys out. And I think that that is a big thing. And I I mean, we'll see it in the Dodgers going to make the playoffs. It's it's without a doubt going to happen. And, you know, we'll see how everything gets managed down the road I mean it we saw what happened with Blake Snell in the playoffs and it would be really interesting to see if the Dodgers did that with Trevor Bauer in the playoffs but back to Shohei Otani yeah he is the key to the Angels success this year 110 percent if he's healthy and plays well or if he even plays average I think that that's another big arm in the rotation and I think that's another big bat out on the field DH wherever he plays if he gets some time in the outfield I mean I don't even think that's even been brought up yet if he's going to play some outfield this year, if you might see him a little bit at first base, I, I have zero clue, and I'm sure we'll figure that out in the upcoming weeks of spring training to see what exactly the plan is for all that. So on to our next little thing. Nate, off the record, we talked about a bullpen being built with some of the, I guess, lesser offseason signs this year, and you brought up a really good bullpen that you made for about – what, $15 million or so? $10 million. $10 million. Perfect. So I want you to go over that bullpen just to show the fans of this how, in a sense, easy it is to build a free agent bullpen. But at the same time, you know, don't let it leave your mind that bullpens, bullpen pitchers, relievers are very volatile. I mean, we saw it with Hounsell Robles. We saw it with Ty Butchery. I mean, we've seen it with a lot of relievers where one year they'll be lights out, like one of the best pitchers in baseball, and then the next year they just can't do it. Oliver Drake, Kirby Yates, Kirby Yates got hurt in a sense. I mean, there's been a lot of those guys where, you know, they're good 
for a while and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, where'd it go? So Nate, give us that really good bullpen that you made with some of these off-season signs that you know the you thought the Angels might have been able to get. Yeah, well, we'll start with with uh, one of them, a left-handed pitcher, because Alex Claudio just got brought up. But Tony Watson signed a minor league deal with the Phillies uh, this week, and he has quietly been one of the best left-handed relievers in baseball. Um, quietly, because he's been on the San Francisco Giants, but. He's been ridiculous against lefties and righties. Um, and with a three-batter minimum rule, it makes him very, very important to have in a bullpen like this. Another guy you could go get, Brandon Kinsler. He closed for the Marlins last year. Another minor league deal with the Phillies where you're not paying too much money for him. And he's closed games. He's set up games. He's been a quality reliever the last couple of years. He was even quality with the Twins back in 2016. So two guys on minor league deals. Another minor league deal was Steve Ciszek. I'm a huge Ciszek fan. I think he's very good. He's got that uh, funky arm angle, good sinker ball guy. Would have played with the Angels, I think, with that infield. So another minor league deal, another really good pitcher. And then you start to go to some of these major league deals. David Phelps is a guy who can throw multiple innings, kind of like the uh, Felix Pena of the Angels. Um, And he signed for 1.75. So... Would have loved to have a guy like that who could throw multiple innings in the bullpen. And then Jonathan Holder. I was super, super high on Jonathan Holder going into this offseason. He signed for 750k. And you look at some of these these arms who, who have signed and how much money they've gotten. For a guy who has been a quality reliever for a, a ridiculous Yankees bullpen to get 750k, just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and, and I mean, you're making this, again... Trevor Rosenthal, I have to say this again, Trevor Rosenthal just signed for $11 million for one year, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll let you get back to your relievers in a second. I mean, how do we feel about that deal? I know we kind of, we mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but we didn't really feel like, I feel like that's a little bit of an overpay, wouldn't you? Yeah, a lot of money for him. I, I was thinking he was probably going to get like eight. Yeah, that's where I was too. Three, three mil extra than what you're thinking, but maybe that's what it was taken to get to Oakland. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I mean, I would have given him probably a two for 16, two for eight, 18, I guess. I mean, you yeah. you take give him an extra year, you take down a little bit of money. I, I could I could totally see that. I, I don't know where anybody stood on, on this whole uh, Trevor Rosenthal thing, but I'll let you get back to your reliever list. I wanted to point that out. Yeah, no. And then a couple other guys. Brandon Workman just signed with the Cubs. $1 million. And if you have to pay him $3 million because that's what the incentives were, I'm fine paying a reliever incentives because now now that means he's pitching good for you. So, again, he's closed games. He's set up games. I like the versatility with with some of these guys who can, who can close or set up games, pitch in big moments. Sean Doolittle, another really good lefty, $1.5 million with the Reds. One of the best relievers and, in baseball for a while. Yeah. And... To get a guy like that, again, versatile lefty. He can get lefties out. He can get righties out. He can close games. He can set up games. Just a really, really good reliever to get. And $1.5 million, yeah, makes some of these moves look look a little questionable. And then the last guy who would close games out for us would be Kirby Yates. He signed for 5.5, which would make the bullpen go up to about $10 million. And that, I, I feel like that's a really quality bullpen for $10 million. And Kirby Yates has been, again, one of the best relievers in baseball for the last three or four years coming off an injury. But when you have all these guys who can close games, and if Kirby Yates is a little injured or isn't the same guy, you've got four other guys who have closed games before. 
Yeah, and again, I mean, this the Sean Doolittle in general, when I brought that up, that, that just shows how volatile a, a bullpen can be, a reliever can be, because, I mean, going from one of the best relievers in baseball when he was with Oakland and Washington to all of a sudden now just getting getting less than two million dollars on on a major league deal is kind of kind of crazy in my opinion so again it doesn't this doesn't prove anything but it, in a sense it just shows like how many good relievers were out there and then also I mean yeah you could have definitely built a bullpen for relatively inexpensive in our opinions out there so I mean we'll just kind of have to wait and see how it all all plays out I mean I I don't I just wanted to bring this up you know, give you a little spotlight on, on this little thing. And I, I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's super interesting, but again, everybody who's listening to this, you, you do also have to keep this in the back of your mind that bullpens are volatile and it's not easy to build them. And we've seen it in the past couple of years with how the angels have tried to build bullpens. It's, it's not, not easy. So Nate, any final thoughts on this little bit? I appreciate you bringing it up and doing all the research on it. No, I, I just think that uh, you look at some of these guys who have signed with the Angels and you're like, wow, Tony Watson got a minor league deal and we paid Claudio $2 million. I'd rather have Tony Watson. I hope Claudio's very successful. I, I hope he has a really good year. But you, you just look at some of these guys' numbers and you're like, wow, how does this guy get a minor league deal? Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I feel that I do. I do. And it's been like that. It feels like there's players like that every year. And it's definitely been coming on more and more now. And I think that it's time that... I know the MLB has been trying to work on it, and with everything that's happened in the past year, it's not been easy, but I think that this really shows that expansion is needed, yes, <laughs> especially definitely. especially with all the free agents that are out still out there, because there are still a lot of pretty dang good free agents left out there that can be game changers for a lot of teams, and especially when teams aren't looking to spend very much money, i.e. the... Orioles, Orioles. yeah, those type of teams that are, in a sense, I wouldn't say they're tanking, but probably are trying to tank and just get good draft picks and all that stuff and not spend very much money. You know, I, I, expansion, I just definitely needed, in my opinion. That, that's just, that'd be my two cents on it. And yeah, I, I appreciate you looking all that stuff up and we'll kind of move on to our next subject here, which is fan mail. I love fan mail. I would love to do it more often, but you know, when we don't get that many people replying, it's kind of what it is. But we did get a lot of questions, comments, ideas on, you know, this one. So let's just jump right into it. And the first one comes from Charlie Wolf. He emailed me just kind of more of a comment. He says he's a big Phillies fan, has been for the past 20 years or so. And he just brought up that Phil Gosling, we said the goose is loose. He also said that a nickname that he had was Barrels. So we can, as fans, all use Barrels for a nickname when we see him in spring training. Everybody write that one down. I still like the Goose is Loose. Yeah, it's a good one. But, you know, it, it, it kind of is what it is. All right, on to our next question coming from Twitter. This comes from Yochu24. Why should we expect nothing and still get let down? Nate? I'll let you answer that super philosophical question. I guess that's the angel way. Uh, <laughs> you, you just kind of are like, oh, let's get our hopes up. And then we think about like, oh, you know what? We actually shouldn't get our hopes up because we uh, we know how this thing works. And then we still are left with less than what our hopes were, which is tough. I mean, when you see all these one-year deals um, not really building towards the future, it, it, it is a letdown. And I guess that is the angel way. 
Why do you build me up, Buttercup Baby, just to let me down? That's all I have to say on that. Uh, next question comes from Trout Rendon 2021. I believe it's Devan Horn. I can't see the rest of it. I'm sorry. Um, you think the Angels give an extension to any of our current starters? And then there's a second part of the question. I'll let us do answer that first one first. Any extensions to our starters here? Before the season, no. Mid-season? I don't, uh, maybe mid-season. Like, if the Angels are, are in it, Bundy's throwing well. I could see him doing a mid-season one with Bundy. Um, but I, I don't see anything before the season, no. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, I mean, there was only one part of the question. I just kind of screwed it up. But, yeah, only uh, I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, maybe something here in spring to Bundy or maybe Heaney. But... I mean, we'll talk about the off the 2021-2022 free agents next and or in a little bit. We did have a question on that coming up, but when it comes to extensions, Bundy would probably be the only guy that I would really look at and yeah. I mean, we'll kind of see how that goes this year. I think we we need a little bit more time to see Bundy before you work on giving him giving him an extension. But then again, if he starts the season off hot, that money goes up. So, risk risk and reward, I don't know. You know, you could see it in spring, I guess, Ex- extend him to three, four years, and then you have another pitcher down the road to add to canning, and you don't have to really go out and get anything. And you might be able to get him for rather inexpensive, maybe 10, in between 10 and 15 million a year, which the Angels will have moving forward, yeah. especially since Pools comes off the books. And there are so many pitch, there's so many, you know, so much money coming off the books next year. I, I don't know. I, I would think Bundy has got to be in the in the thought process, but again, new new GM, new guys in the front office. We don't know how they view some of the guys that Billy Upler brought in. So, on to some more questions, and this one comes from Blue Eyed Irish five five nine. Chance of Pools having a dominant final season. Do you think he'll be healthy and get enough at bats? Um, Nate, do you want to start this one off, and I'll kind of wrap it up. I think I know which way we're going to go on this. Dominant? Uh, I don't see dominant. I see him playing, you know, probably two, three times a week, so I don't think he'll get enough ABs for that. He'll probably DH when Otani pitches and then probably get to play once every series just to kind of say goodbye to whatever fans they're playing that week. Uh, but, yeah, I don't see him getting to play too, too much. I think I think this is Jared Walsh's time. Yeah, I, I agree. And, honestly – I don't think it'll happen, but I hope it does. I hope that they it come July and the Angels are either in it by a lot and the Cardinals are maybe in it by a lot or out of it. I hope that the Angels can find a way to get it, send him back to to St. Louis just for the end of the season, just so the fans that can show up will give him the appreciation. He can end his career where it started in the Cardinals jersey. They'll pro- he'll definitely get his number retired there. He's definitely going to go in the Hall of Fame as a Cardinal. I mean, maybe he signs a one like a one year deal next year with them if the DH is there. I, I don't know. I I just hope he finishes his career with the Cardinals because he doesn't get the due diligence. He doesn't get the accolades when you look at him as an Angel because of what happened. Albert yeah. Pujols is still one of the best first basemen of all time, one of the best peer hitters of all time, one of the best players in baseball history. And regardless of what he did, you know, like he was a dominant. He was Mike Trout before Mike Trout. Really, if you go back and look yeah. at his age Ridiculous and I numbers. Yeah, yeah, you go look at his age what like 20 to 25. I mean, 
whatever up age. Up until he, 29, like right until he was an angel yeah. at age 31. He yeah, was he, he was he was unbelievable. He was, like I said, he was Mike Trout before Mike Trout was here. And it was, it was unbelievable to watch him. I know we were both young, but back to the question, is he going to have a dominant season? I don't think so. You never know, though. I mean, guys tend to, I mean, we saw David Ortiz, but I mean, David Ortiz is a different breed. But, yeah, he, he could. He could come out and hit 30 home runs, and that's more power to the Angels. I mean, if he can come out and play like he like he's 33 again, absolutely. That would be a huge pickup for the Angels. I mean, I don't know if it happens or not, but I would assume he's healthy. We haven't heard anything. You know, There wasn't anything crazy in the news about him. So, I guess no news is good news when it comes to Albert Pujols. Uh, yes. Next question comes from... Ryan Pierce, what frontline starting pitcher could you see us trading for at the trade deadline? Again, I think we know the we might know the answer to this, but without doing any research, I would say look at a team. If the Angels are in it, look for a somebody who's going to be a free agent next year on a team that's not in the playoffs. Don't well, know who I that mean, would be. You know who my mine is going to be, and it's not going to change, and he is not a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I know that. I mean, but when you're looking at that type of piece, that's you're giving up one of those top-line starters, and that piece is Herman Marquez. I already know who it is. You don't even have to announce it. But you're giving up a front-line piece there, whether it's Adele or Marsh or somebody along the lines of that. So, I mean, you get two and a half years of him at a relatively good price. I think it's like 10 mil. Uh, maybe a little less than that. And you look at his numbers outside of Colorado. He's he's a Cy Young candidate outside of Colorado. I'd be willing to do it if you're in it and uh, trying to make a late playoff push. Hundred percent, I'd do that. I'm not doing it if the Angels are trying to make a late playoff push. I'm doing it only if the Angels are up by five to ten games in July. Like that's the only way that I'm making that trade because it does kind of mess up future plans. You know. You, you have to look at 2022 and beyond and the angels outfield could look marsh trout adele and then the rotation in a sense could be something like canning detmers rodriguez maybe add in a couple probably add in a couple other guys so i just don't think the angels are trading any of those four guys five guys yet i mean there's a possibility i guess if if you're able to extend marquez but, I mean, I don't know. I just I don't see it happening at the moment. The Angels need to be up by a lot. The Angels need to be a World Series favorite to make a move like that. I really think they do. I don't think that they – they don't have the pieces yet either. So no. that's just my two cents on it. If I had to say one player, I, I don't think they would go get a pitcher. I think they would go get bullpen, in my opinion. I don't know. Bullpen? Maybe an outfielder? Yeah, it, it depends on how Adele's playing. But, yeah, you're looking at probably a bullpen piece. Yeah. Not, I don't even know any names off the top of my head. I mean, it, it'll change when we get closer to the deadline. And Heck, the Angels may be sellers and might have a lot. They'll definitely have a lot of pieces to sell if the season doesn't go as planned. So that's that's more of a topic to talk about, I think. And we'll, we'll hopefully not ever get to that point. But if we do, the Angels could have, be big-time sellers in July. And it could be a lot of fun, actually. They could get a lot of really quality pieces back from for what they have. So next question comes from Matt05. Will the Angels still push for Ozuna or Rosenthal? Of course, Rosenthal signed earlier this week. Um, Ozuna, you'd have to hope so, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he does go back with Perry. Perry probably Perry was with him uh, before, so I, I hope. 
I, I know we, we were kind of iffy on the subject, but, I mean, we want to win, so got to go get a, a quality arm. And if he's willing to take a super cheap deal, maybe even a minor league deal, why not? I'm I'm with you on that one. I, I yeah, I, I, like I said, no, he did his time. I know that the history is there and the Angels history isn't good or anything like that. But, you know, he served his time and you, you, you sometimes have to put that behind you if you want to be a good team. There, everybody has everybody has skeletons in the closet. Every team does. Everybody does. And I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm at a I'm at a loss on this subject. I really, you know, I would love to go see him, go get him because he's one of the best relievers in baseball. But there is the past, and I know that a lot of people don't like that past, and you know, it, it is what it is. So, on to our next subject. I have our my calculator open on my phone. JT Wheeler says under over for home runs in the lineup. Let's start. Let's just kind of go through nine, the top nine players that we think and give home runs. So, leading off, David Fletcher. How many home runs do you think he's going to hit? Three. Three. That's good. I think he's closer to five, five to seven. But I'll give you three. I'll, I'm going to put yours on here. Uh, in the two hole, Mike Trout, 35, 40? Yeah. I, I was going to go 40. Cool with that. Um, who's in the three-hole, do we say? Anthony Rendon? Rendon. Yeah, Rendon, 32. 32. Otani in the four-hole, or did you put Upton there? Uh, Otani, because he's left-handed. Okay, so what are we saying? 20 for Otani? 20. 20. Five-hole Upton? Yeah. That's a tough one for me, because I think, I mean, there's a possibility of him hitting 25, 30 home runs, but still not be a great player for the Angels, right? He'll hit 22, and about 15 of them will come July on. I hate that you say that, but you're probably right. Six hole Iglesias. Uh, Walsh. Walsh. Walsh in the six hole. This is another good. This is another interesting one. When it comes to 18? Walsh. Eighteen. How many games is he playing? Hundred and twenty. I I don't see why he would play hundred and forty. I mean, if he if he plays hundred and forty games, twenty five home runs, I don't think he's out of the question, especially from what we saw last year. True. I'll give him twenty five. That's, yeah, that's fine. That's a bull, that's a ballsy move right there. It really is. But twenty five home runs out of a guy, out of your first baseman in his prime. I mean, I, I it's hard for me not. I, I'm I we I'd have to see how he looks against live pitching. I really at the end of the day, I think that's going to end up being how it is. What do we got? The seven hole right now? Yeah, seven. Iglesias. Sure. Okay. How many home runs? I mean, we saw some big. There's there's a little bit of power Eight. there. Eight. I want to go ten. I think he's got ten okay. in him. Uh, the eight hole. Now Stassi or Suzuki combined probably 10. 10. Yeah, 10. And then Dex. Fowler or Adele or Marsh or Shabler or John Jay or, wow. Probably combined 15. I mean, if Adele, though, if Adele comes up, he could he could hit 15 alone in, in two months. Fowler's probably two to five if that's, if that's the case. So... Huh. 15 to 20. Okay, I'll give us 15. I'll give us 15. And that brings us to a total of, well, I believe it was about 175. 175 under over for that that starting nine. And we didn't even go into a pool horse or no. um, Ward, anyone like that as well. So yeah. you, you could be looking at a 200-plus home run team. I could see that. I definitely could. Totally. And I don't, honestly, I've never even looked at stats for home runs per team. I don't even know what the Angels were at last year. Oh, that wouldn't matter last year, but the year before, I know. Home I know run- the Twins and the Yankees were one-two at record pace. Yeah, 
I mean, I guess for as a team, under over 200, is that a lot, a little? I think that's right on, right? I, I think that's probably right, right there. I'd say if the Angels are winning, if the Angels are a playoff team, over 200. If they're not and they have some injuries, under 200. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at. And I, I under over 200 is right, I think, right on. So I think for the starters, under over is about 160, 170, maybe a little bit more. I'm all I'm all for that. I think that's a good spot, and especially in the home run, in a home run era, and especially we don't know what the balls are going to do this year either. That's another interesting topic as well. Yeah, Twins 2019, they hit 307 home runs, broke the all-time record. Uh, Yankees hit 306. So yeah, I could see them hitting the 200 plus I think, right in that range. Well, I was going to kick it up then to like 250. In between two and 250, I think is good. Yeah, that's that'd be my guess. You know, casual conversation here. I, I honestly like. I've never really even thought about that. I'm I'm more of an individual stats guy when it comes to that. Not really a team stats guy. I know that's that's a real eye move for me to say that, but <laughs> but that, I I think 200 250 is a good season for them. If they can get that, that's that's a plus plus from from everything that we just did. All the math and that fun stuff. Yeah. So, next question comes from Cool Brad one two four. Thank you, Cool Brad. Will the Angels add another solid bullpen piece? Like Rosenthal, who just got signed, Osuna, Clippard, or Shane Green. Again, look at that. There are still some really good pieces out on the market. Three of those pieces are still available. I think Tyler Clippard's not signed yet either. So, man, like you can really make a bullpen out of this. I really do. I really do think the Angels can get better in this spring. They go sign one or two of these guys. Yeah, I I think you see him go get one of them. Uh, I I would say Shane Green's probably the guy that that you're going to look at the most. Yeah giving the Atlanta connection, but um, we'll see. I I would love to say they do. I think if they do, they definitely get better. I don't know if they do, though. I, I would say I would lean on no. Me too, but, I mean, you never know. You, you just never know. Especially if you get a couple injuries here early in spring, you need to go out and get or you need to go out and get Green or Azuna. Again, two guys that have been with Manassian, so it wouldn't surprise me if they went out and got both of those. And if they did and they were contributors for the Angels, they could definitely, you know, the Angels could definitely jump up into maybe not Astro territory, but I think they could definitely be a, a legitimate wildcard team if they, they add a couple bullpen pieces. So next question, fun question here from Jacob Croxford, 18, best available free agents next year. And we haven't even really dug deep into this on this show, but Man, the shortstop crop is really fun next year. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Baez, Correa, Brandon Crawford, Jose Iglesias, Francisco Lindor, Miguel Rojas has a club option, so he may not come out. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Andrew and Simmons, Trevor Story, Chris Taylor, Jonathan VR. Those are all the shortstops. And I forgot to mention a couple other ones, but I mean Freddie Galvis. Just just like four A guys, basically. But that is really freaking impressive like i don't know what does that do to the shortstop class like are they going to get more are they going to get less i mean you'd have to imagine that 15 teams don't really need a shortstop but then again 15 teams may need a shortstop i don't know yeah with all with all those shortstops on one-year deals there are going to be a lot of teams that need shortstops angels included uh dodgers are going to be there the astros are going to be there uh the rockies are going to be there there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be interested in free agent shortstops um, you're going to need one guy to, to set the market, which the way that 
free agency's gone. This could come down to a uh, late January before we actually see a shortstop sign. But um, I definitely think you actually have to see a Francisco Lindor set the market right away to kind of see what that market's going to look like. I'll give you a prediction. I'll give you a prediction right now. Make you. I'll make you make a prediction. That's what I should say. Where's Lindor going then? I think he stays in New York. I, I think he stays with the Mets. I do. I'm with I you think, on that. I think Cohen has no problem throwing around a bunch of money. Uh, I think he could easily sign a, a $300 million contract. I was going to say under over 250 So if you see 300 I mean, yeah. Cleveland offered him 10 for three, and he said no. So I think Cohen's going to give him 320 plus. That's a bold move. I could see that, though. I could. And then... We're assuming that the Angels probably won't need any outfield help, being that they're going to have a pretty good little bit of depth there. So you look into the starting pitching market for next year. Chris Archer, Jake Arrieta, Trevor Bauer can opt out, but I don't know about that. Dylan Bundy, Johnny Cueto, Danny Duffy, Andrew Heaney, of course, Clayton Kershaw, Corey Kluber, uh, Michael Lorenzen, two-way, Lance Lynn, Carlos Martinez, Lance McCullers, Garrett Richards, oh, he has a club option, so maybe not. Eduardo Rodriguez, Robbie Ray, Marcus Stroman, Noah Sindergaard, Vince Velasquez, Justin Verlander. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys out there. <laughs> a lot. You have any? Max Scherzer, fun name. Scherzer. Um, I think my favorite, just because the age and everything, is, is Noah Sindergaard. I would love to see the Angels go after that guy. Um, sinker ball guy, throws really hard. Um could fit perfectly if the Angels have a really, really good infield again like we expect them to. I want Stroman. Like, I love Stroman. I could watch him all day, every day. Good clubhouse guy, fun to watch on the mound. Like, he might be the best free agent on the market. I, I also all those think other Thor names. could be a Hollywood guy. He could be an L.A. guy. Yeah, but the Angels, don't, Angels the don't play in L.A. You know that. He, he, it's close enough where he can he can make a trip and, and be in a commercial and then come back. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how he plays. We'll see how the injuries go with Thor. That's another storyline for the Mets. I mean, the Mets could be good. I think that the pitching ends up being that big piece for the Mets this year, and we'll kind of see how it goes. So, fun question there. I love looking at future free agents, and I know it's not time to really look at who the Angels could sign, but... You never know. It's still fun to look at him. So next question comes from Corey Estrella. Sorry if I say your name wrong. I think I say it wrong every single time, Corey. You think the Angels are going to wait until next year to sign big free agents? Yeah. Being that there's no other free agents out there this year, you'd have to assume with all the money coming off the books, Artie is going to want to dish out the money next year. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Angels went out and spent close to $100 million next year on just a few guys that bring fans into the stands, make a lot of sales, but also make the team really freaking good and make the Angels a World Series contender hopefully next year. I think that's the way you go. You're going to have a nice mixture of young and veteran presence out there as well. And it wouldn't surprise me again if the Angels are able to get Justin Upton off the books. Granted, I don't know. It all depends on what Upton does this year because I don't know, can you really want to trade him if he hits... 25 to 30 home runs this offseason or this season? If, he, if he's hitting 215, yes. Yeah, that's fair. And then again, you, could, I, you I, could DH him. You can DH him next year. Uh, can you, though? Otani's got that, that job kind of locked. Yeah, but then what if you put Otani at first base? I mean, a lot of, a lot of good then, questions. But then what there. are you doing with Walsh if Walsh actually hits 25 bombs? 
how much is Otani going to... I mean, yes, you're right. You can... It's a good problem to have. It is. It's a good problem to have if you think about it. Like, if Upton performs, you have a real good problem. I don't think you're able to... I don't think you trade away Adele or Marsh if Upton comes back and plays well because you have one year of Upton, but that could possibly open up the opportunity for Upton to go and wave his trade clause somewhere and say, hey, look, I can still play. I can be on a World Series contender. And if the universal DH rule comes around, that helps out even, even more, double more. <laughs> so, I mean, there's it, it, it's, comes down to if Upton can perform again. And that's another key storyline too. I mean, everybody's saying, oh, look at... Uh, Look at Trout, look at Rendon, look at Otani, and that's fair. But, I mean, if Justin Upton can play again, that'll be a huge addition as well. So, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good storylines for the Angels this year. And on to our final question, and another fun one here from Misa34. Do you think the Angels have a chance to make it to the playoffs this year? I know we've talked about this a lot, but simple yes, no. That's all I need from you here, Nate. Yes or no? Right now, no. Just a chance. You got to say there's a chance. Everybody well, has mean, a chance. There's always a chance. Everybody but, has a chance. We're in. Yeah. We're in spring chance, training. But right now, with the roster they have, no. You still need. You still need two pieces. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. So, dang, dude, we talked for 45 minutes. That's pretty yeah. good. A lot, good of, a lot of fun. I love answering fan mail. I'm gonna say that right now. So, and the answer to that last question for me is yes, the Angels have a chance. Absolutely, everybody has a chance right now. We'll just have to wait for opening day, and I still will say that the Angels have a chance. So, any final thoughts here as we're getting spring training rolling, Nate? No, love to love to see the uh, Twitter videos of of all these pitchers just pound the zone and and hearing the glove pop. I mean, that that's what that's what you go on Twitter for right now is to see that. Uh, I love it. I love hearing that sound. The grass getting cut. Fun fact: I we cut our grass for the first time all winter it wasn't that long grass doesn't grow here in california during the winter time for some reason but it was a great smell i'm not gonna lie it 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 opened up so many opportunities for me to just go lay in the grass not really but it was a great smell it brought back spring training vibes it brings i love that fresh cut grass smell it's a great smell it just is it's so baseball you know so yeah, I, I mean, I have no other final thoughts either other than, you know, thank you all for listening to this podcast and giving us the support. It means a lot to us here. And go follow us on all our social medias. I We all appreciate it so much. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go follow us there. And Nate, where can they follow you so they can go complain when the Angel season somehow goes bad? Nate Green 34 Yeah, go follow Nate on Twitter and go complain to him. And, of course, you can follow me. Don't complain to me, but... You can if you want. I'm at Jared underscore Tims, and that's how who I am also on Instagram. I'm doing a lot of minor league stuff there. So, guys, thank you so, so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day. had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier, made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details.